Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Talk Skaters Podcast. I'm Sybil, today I'm joined by Jake, say hello Jake. Hi guys, welcome back. I'm also joined by Jed, say hello Jed. Hello guys. We're back boys, back stronger. We were the first podcast to say that, weren't we? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't let anybody tell you different. Some good news before we start, we have signed for the Sports Social Podcast Network, which we're all super excited about. Big thanks to Jake over at the, the Sports Social Podcast Network, not our Jake, as we will refer to as Useless Jake. Uh, <laughs> Sports Social Jake made our process much, much easier uh, than it than it, we thought it would be, and it was it was really painless. So big shout out to him. Uh, we're also we'll get more noise to bring you, uh, and probably in the next few days, we'd be saying, well, keep it under wraps, we've got a big sponsor, big, big sponsor, a great discount to go to bring you very, very soon, <laughs> we're really, really excited about it, but we'll go straight to Man City West Ham, and I'll get your thoughts on this, boys, I mean, following the absolute love letters that Pep Guardiola and David Moyes wrote to each other in the, po- in the pre-match press conferences, <laughs> it was absolutely laughable, uh, what was your point, what was your thoughts on this match, Jed? Does David Moyes want a... Uh... A West Ham version of Pep's jacket from the other night. Oh, <laughs> I, don't I don't know if he'd, I don't know if he'd sit it to be honest. <laughs> I, reckon, I reckon he would. I reckon he could pull it off. Um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not surprised by the result today. Uh, well, from, from the weekend from this game, um, I thought West Ham gave it a good go to their credit. Um, I was going to say, I thought West Ham were absolutely terrific, man. Yeah, Some yeah, of the yeah. chances they created were they absolutely played, superb. Like said, just think... begging, just begging to be put away. Yeah, yeah, they played really well. Um, but I, as I say, I'm not surprised by the outcome and that, that City got the three points in the end. Uh, it's just it's what they do, isn't it? It's what they've been doing now for weeks. Um, and yeah, West Ham, like you say, carved out some really good chances, gave it a really good go. And that's credit to how good they've been this season. But I don't think they will have been expecting to, to go there and, and take anything off City. Um, so I, I think it's it's one of them. It's just, we'll go there, we'll see what we can do, move on. Yeah. 
Man City's forward line not firing quite as well as it was in the past, I don't know, 20, 19, 20 wins that they've had now. <laughs> uh, those pesky centre-backs, Stones and Diaz, both putting goals away. Um, Jake, John Stones what was your... well, Ah, John Stones was a, a terrific goal. He placed mm. it really, really well. Um, Jake, what were your thoughts on the match? Yeah, I thought, like you said, lads, West Ham um, gave it a good go, didn't they? I thought they, at one point, until probably until Stones' goal, I thought they deserved the point and then sort of killed the game and City took over from there but I, I like I did like the the love letters that, that were being written <laughs> like Guardiola Heston Blumenthal it's quite a good link between the two to be honest both bold yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bold move from mice <laughs> yeah unbelievable but no credit to West Ham they gave it a go uh They'll be happy that Jesse Lingard's getting assists as well as goals, so he's still contributing. Um, and yeah, like you said, Jed, I thought John Stones took his goal superbly. I mean, it was a centre-forwards finish from a not pretty old-fashioned centre-back, wasn't it, really? It was, yeah. It's, it's a very calm finish for a centre-back. I think that's a testament to Manchester City in general, isn't it? I think any mm. other centre-back panics in that position. Um, <laughs> but for John Stones, he's like, oh, it's just another pass. Just, mm, <laughs> just pass literally. it into the net. Um, making an effort, making a point of getting in the box these days, um, James, yeah. uh, John Stones and Ruben Diaz, uh, and staying up after set pieces as well, which is obviously ultimately how Ruben Diaz uh, scores his goal. Um, if you'd asked us, I think about, I think the three of us can agree, if you asked us about John Stones six or seven months ago, we would have probably told you that it'd be likely that Stones would be looking for a move away in the January yeah, window definitely. or the summer window, but he's absolutely turned it around and we're seeing the reason why. Man City signed John Stones. He's been absolutely terrific, uh, and he's surely. I don't. Know, I'm not. I'm not English, so I'm not going <laughs> to. I'm not going to nail this down. But if, it, if I was, I would hundred um, percent want John Stones to be a staple in that Euro squad. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, considering the the lack of depth there is at centre half as well for England compared to the rest of the pitch, like his resurgence and his form this season, he's he's one of the first names on the team sheet, isn't he? He has to be. Uh, I mean, if he's one of the first names on Man City's team sheet, you know, he's, he's got to be one of the first names on England's team sheet. It just has to happen. Yeah, his form's been great since he's come back into the side as well. And it's not only like his sort of passing ability, but defensively, he looks like he's improved as well. Um, I know that was one of the real criticisms that people were having was that defensively he was a bit sloppy, but he seems mm. to have, you know, whatever he's been doing in the, the few months that he's not been playing, <laughs> so obviously worked. So... Fair play to him for managing for sticking it out and and getting back into the side as well, because it's no easy feat getting back into a Man City team when you've effectively been binned. Because that's pretty much what happened, wasn't it? Yeah. Like Pep was like, "No, done with you." Injuries made his way back in, and he's not looked back since. And and there was Pep- a period where he was where midfielders were getting picked over exactly um, to start exactly. ahead of him at centre back. Yeah. Uh, by the way, he's just absolutely cheeky bastards to talk about fucking lack of depth at centre back. You know, we've got to play Scott <laughs> McTominay there. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we are only oh, options. For, Charlie will I, I forgot that there um, was some of the uh, irrelevant country that qualified for the Euros. Want to stick Ollie McBurney at centre back? Yeah, McBurney would do a better job for you. Just head the ball away. <laughs> do you know what? No, <laughs> Before I get upset, uh, we go to one of the strangest matches of this of this match week. Uh, West Brom, Big Sam did the Big Sam score early, shut out uh, or all Brighton. I can't de- I can't determine where, where I feel bad for Brighton or not. I don't I don't understand my feelings about this match. Uh, 
part of me thinks Brighton, oh, this is this is something terrible that's happened to you. You know, he's 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 played so well and he's haven't got the result. The other half of me is like, how did you not win this game? <laughs> I mean, I mean, idiots. I, 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 I fully agree with you, Simo. I'm I'm in the exactly the same boat because, like, yes, they had the the farcical free kick situation. They also had two penalties, like, and they hit the woodwork both times, like. First time in Premier League history, any team has hit the, the woodwork with two penalties in one match. Well done, <laughs> well done, Brighton. That's, that's the only <laughs> thing they're taking from that game, isn't it? Like, uh, it's it's so it's so bizarre, isn't it? Because it's like it's exactly like you put it. It's like oh, they've they've been really hard done by in one part of the game, and then the rest of it, they've just ballsed it up themselves. Like, yeah, there's only there's a certain point where you, you can you cannot feel sorry for them because they they absolutely should have put away yeah. those chances. I mean, you've got to put it the penalties yeah. at least. Uh, I mean. <sighs> Do you know Graham Graham Potter handled handled the post match pretty well for me. If that was me, I would have been a broken man. Uh, like if that had happened to me on football manager, Same I would assistant. have been like, you know, inconsolable. <laughs> Sorry boys, can't do the pod today. Uh something really terrible's <laughs> happened. <laughs> <laughs> what were your thoughts on the match, Jake? Um See, I, I felt sorry for Brighton all season. I thought they've been really unlucky. And I've been like, yeah, you play really good football, but I mean at the weekend it, it was their own fault. Like two penalties. You've got to score one of them. Do you know what I mean? The law of averages says you're going to bag yeah. one of them. And the first one, it's a, it's a pretty decent penalty. It's, it's the run-up. It's, it's the run-up. It's just the, yeah. the run-up. And, you know, we're going back to something we're speaking about in like episode two or three about this jittery run-up that we despise. Just smash it and it's in. <laughs> and he didn't. And then Welbeck, I mean... It's Danny Welbeck, isn't it? He's the nearly man. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. yeah I would, I would have, I'd put more I mean, money on Welbeck hitting the post and scoring the penalty. But like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's no excuse for the first one though. Just stop. Oh, yeah, you speak about that way, with Danny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, also, I don't know if we should dive too deep, like too deep into this because we did have a big VAR rant. Uh, was it last Premier League show we had a big yeah. VAR yeah. rant? Uh, but Lee again. Mason, oh my days, yeah. oh. Funny old Ugh. thing as well is uh, he's, he's pulled his calf now, hasn't he? Supposedly, yeah. <laughs> which is you know, it's in, entirely possible. Calf right off his yeah. fucking body. I feel like there's nothing suspicious uh, about Graham that at Pot- all. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> Graham Potter's probably pulled his calf for him. I think, <laughs> but that, I do want to quickly talk about the the free kick incident. What what were you what were your thoughts? Because for me. If you're blowing the whistle saying that, that you're happy with the everything and you're letting the lads take it, yeah. you, you've got to stick yeah. by that. Bang on. Because he's blown the whistle and he said, I'm happy with the positioning of everybody. Yeah. The keeper, that's not his fault. He's he's on the post sorting out his wall. If the ref says it's he's he's ready, the keeper's got to be alert to it. You know, yeah. uh, fair play. Lewis Dunk, I mean, for a centre-back, that's a wonderful finish. Really, oh, really absolutely. lovely. Basically, yeah, had, 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 had really well. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's the ingenuity. Yeah, don't take it away from Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lewis. But I, Especially I, uh, how hard we've been on him. Yeah, no, I, I think Lee <laughs> Mason's... He's, he's bottled a big decision. He should have let the goal stand. He give it. You, you blow the whistle. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah no, it's like, fair like, game. You know, and we've seen Terry Henry do that. Or Thierry Henry. Exactly. Uh, time, he, was, he, made it, he made it quite famous. I think he scored two of them. Yeah. Uh, one of them more famous than the other. I, think, I cannot recall the second one, but I'm sure that he did that multiple times. Uh, but yeah, for me, the bottling of it is like right. If you've if you blown the whistle and you've made a poor decision and there's yeah. a goal, right? Fair play. You, you take it on the chin, right? Uh, yes, the. Do you know what I mean? The, the the West Brom players are going to be they're going to be upset. They're going to give you 
give you it rotten and Big Sam's going to give you it rotten in the post-match yeah. as well. 100%, right? But what you can't do, right, is blow your whistle and then blow it just yeah. as the ball is crossing the line and then give the goal, then take the goal. No, opposite way, not give the goal, give the goal, yeah. then not give the goal. Yeah. Uh, and just make a big farce of everything. And it's it's not just it's not just that one goal, but by doing what he did, right, you create a... There's already a big mistrust of our Fans do not trust VAR. Fans do not like VAR. That, all the polls say it. All the polls say it. We've ran polls. Uh, Sky Sports have ran polls. BBC have ran polls. Everybody's ran polls on VAR. The general opinion is that between 70 and 80% of fans don't like VAR. Right? And uh, by, by making decisions like that and making VAR interfere in it, you're just causing this big mistrust. And it's, yeah. it's, it's just not good enough for Lee Mason. And I know he's refed X amount of games. Uh, and he is, you know... I think he was. I think he was due to do the Liverpool game after that. Actually, yeah. Uh, you know, and so he, he, he's he's obviously held in, in high regard by his peers, but he's just he's had he's just had one of those days where it's he's, he's absolutely bossed up, and it all happened in a period of about three seconds. You know, I don't. I don't think <laughs> so, honestly on this one. I don't think that it's Vars' fault. I think it's more Lee Mason's fault for blowing the whistle. It's Lee Mason's like, fault. Yeah. It's Lee Mason's ready, fault, but he like, as soon like as you say, involve you Vars. Everybody yeah, gets no, upset. Yeah, no, of course. That made it worse when he's given it and then not given it, etc. But like, if you're like, like we said, boys, if you're blowing the whistle, you're happy for that free kick to be taken. If you're not actually happy for that yeah. free kick to be taken, don't blow the whistle, and then certainly don't yeah. blow it again before the balls hit the back of the net. Because if you have to rule the goal yes. out, at least let the goal go in. Like him yeah. blowing the whistle again is what stopped VAR from being able to give the goal, as far as I'm aware. Like because he's blown because it was yeah, after yeah. the whistle. So it's because so he's. Like it's because he blows yeah, it the second time. He's doubly fucked it up there. Like it's just that it's more yeah. down to him than VAR, I think, because VAR have just gone. They've, they've followed their their protocol as, fl- as flawed as it might be. They followed it, and he's the one that's yeah. caused the issue. Now, like fair enough, he's only human. Like, but that is is a massive error, yeah. and that could potentially be that, that goal that not is. standing. So, if, given where Brighton are, in you know that could yeah. potentially be big for them. Um, and that's it's it it's harsh. Oh, yes, in the rest of the game they didn't take their chances, um, so they probably didn't deserve to win the game anyway. But certainly could have, you know, can feel hard done by game not to have a point. It they, does, they should they should have had it a draw at least out of that game. Right, and that's that's a difference. Mm. That that oh, point makes a big difference. Um, on the flip side of that, um, what a slice of luck for West Brom that they've come away with three points from that game. I mean, like, Big Sam, <laughs> he'll have been dancing in the changing room after that. Like that's big sound <laughs> written all over it, hasn't it? Like, like you say, early goal, shut up shop. All the looks gone their way with the penalties and everything. Like, fair, like fair play to them. Fair play for him to riding it big out. Yeah, it's, it's a classic big sound performance. Um, it's just like the free kicks is madness. I think that's kind of overshadowed the game, really. Yeah, definitely. It was the main talking definitely. point. I don't want to dive into it too deep, but then we'll just spend about five minutes talking about <laughs> like, what, uh, what sort of Premier League <laughs> review would this be <laughs> if we didn't talk about it, to be fair? <laughs> Listeners, I swear to God, before the match, we're like, let's try and keep it Val light. And as soon as we get in here, we're like, Val! Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we really just, really just can't help ourselves. Um, talk screamers, Billy's. Aston Villa got a win against Leeds away from home and they're on gaff. Uh, quite a fortunate win, if you ask me. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match, Jake? Uh, 
the Ellen Road pitch sums up Leeds' season. Like, it's dodgy. <laughs> it's dodgy, isn't it? <laughs> like, it's just horrendous. Pitch. Yeah, the pitch is awful. Like That's like the one thing I took away from this game was watching it. I just thought, it's just non-league all over it. Like. <laughs> um, but no, fair play, like Villa to, to grind the win out. A big win, um, winning at Ellen Road. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't actually watch the game, to be honest. I only caught the highlights, so... Uh, I saw what sort of match of the day wanted me to see. Mm. Uh, but fair play, like Villa are showing that they're not a one-man band, Grealish being out, other people are starting to step up, uh, getting a nice win. So, yeah, Dean Smith will be very happy with the three points there. That was a big thing for me. Can you do the business with yeah. the Jackie Grealish? Uh, I mean, I mean, they did not play well, Villa. But then again, is it really possible to play well on a pitch like that? Like play silky football on a pitch like that? I, don't think, I think you put Man City no. on that pitch and they don't play the silkiest football ever. Uh, you know Exactly. Uh, People are like, oh, it's just a pitch, don't complain about it. I was like, well, it's only Leeds. <laughs> like, there's, there's 19 other teams in the division that have managed yeah, to maintain the pitch. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. A problem, isn't it? I don't understand uh, what, where it's going so wrong for them in terms of groundskeeping. Um, but like, I, I, I watched this game and I did think that Villa, to their credit, they defended... We've got to get Lewis Stone casting for the groundskeeper to come out of their post-match. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that. Sorry, Jed. Imagine, I didn't mean that, oh, no, that, I'd, that I'd love to see. That'd be class. You got VAR, VAR reviewing the, uh, the the like forking of the pitch before the game. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh yeah, he's messed the fork there. <laughs> oh, I know the sprinklers have been on too long. Um, no, I, I I thought that Villa they they did protect their lead to some extent. Um, in that yeah, they weren't brilliant, but obviously they were missing Jack Grealish. Um, and they they frustrated Leeds. I think Leeds just found it difficult to break through. Mm. Which um, you know, for all the possession and the attacks that they had, if you can't put the ball in the net, like, you're not you're not going to win, are you? And that's I think Martinez made a couple of good saves as he normally does. Like like you say, he loves a clean yeah. sheet. That lad. Um, I'm not like <laughs> I have, having seen you know the game and seen Villa go one up. I, I didn't think that Leeds would have been able to like, turn it around watching it. I think that the best they could have hoped for was a draw and obviously Villa kept them out. Um, so credit to them. Um, one thing that I did love about this um, was at the end, the Leeds keeper Melier went up for a corner um, and went straight on to Martinez and marked him. Like, <laughs> I just, I just think that that's brilliant. Like it doesn't often happen when when keepers go up for corners. They're sort of around the penalty spot, aren't they? And he's just, he's like straight yeah. on him with his arms up in the air as well. Absolutely brilliant. <laughs> that that did make me chuckle. I think that was probably the highlight of the game for me. <laughs> oh, that, that that is absolutely cracking. Uh, for me, Leeds are a team that move the ball across the floor. I don't understand why they're not heavily trying to sort their pitch, pitch issues. For me, I mean, outside the centre-backs and Patrick Bamford, they don't have really any height in that team at all. No, no. no. The majority of the team is tiny. Do you reckon it? Yeah, they're tiny, absolutely. So surely they want to be moving the ball across the floor and, it, and favourably it makes sense to have a silky pitch to play on. Else um, so they kind of... He's going, I reckon it'll make it more difficult for visiting teams if we don't get the pitch fixed that much. It's hindering his side now, though. It is, yeah. I mean, it wouldn't. Yeah, I obviously, like it's it's backfiring on him. But do you reckon he's had any say in that? Potentially. I don't think so. Does he? I mean, he's the he's the dude that fucking let the opposition score against him because he wasn't happy with a goal, you know. So like, mm. I don't feel like he's out there getting fucking sabotaged. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's, like, he's a weird guy, though, isn't he? He's a weird guy. He doesn't think the way that we think. Yeah, you know. 
Like uh, I remember Charlie Adam was speaking about playing at Stoke, and they, if they had like a, a team that was good at moving the ball across the floor at the weekend, they'd, they'd do like a two-hour training, <laughs> training hour just in the centre of the pitch, <laughs> <laughs> like the, like of the stadium uh, the, the, the day before. That's great. I love that. I love <laughs> that type of like, shit housery. Uh, that's class. Yeah, um, that's that's Poulis all over, though, isn't it? <laughs> it probably was. Him, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right, lads, me, churn um, up the pitch. <laughs> Make sure you got your long. Everybody sure got your, your long studs out. <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's the middle of June. <laughs> oh dearie me! We next go to Sports Direct United took on Wolves uh, and managed to get the draw. Yeah. <laughs> Sports Direct United take on Portugal to get the draw. Um, an interesting game this for me. Uh, for me, Newcastle started really, really well and looked mm. dangerous. Um, and I think the LaSalle's goal was really well. I actually thought it was Joe Linton that, that scored the LaSalle's goal because I was kind of watching this with one eye on the game, one eye on my phone, as I do many times when I watch Newcastle. Uh, and <laughs> I was like, oh my God, Joe Linton's got himself into a good position there and scored a header. Oh, no, it's not him. And then I was like, where was Joe Linton then? And then the the, the ball comes out um, and I think it's like Ryan Fraser picks up the ball and then Joe yeah. Linton like exits the box. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you doing? He just knows. He just knows. He's like, if he drops to me, it's not going in. I'll get out. I'm not getting I'll get I'll get ridiculed for missing another yeah, exactly. chance. He, like, actively <laughs> seeks to get outside the box. He had a shot on target in, in the I game at one that. point, didn't he? Joe Linton. I think did he, he did. Newcastle, yeah, Newcastle were terrific. They had 19 attempts yeah. at goal. I think that might be. I've got to go out and say that's done most all season Probably. in a single match. 19 attempts on seven of them on target. Um, definitely good value for money in this match, uh, Newcastle. Um, considering the the obvious of, of missing Callum Wilson, who's uh, a big attacking outlet for them. Wolves were defensively poor for the very, for the for the first half, um, but then kind of picked up in the second half. Heavily dominant in the second half for me. Uh, Wolves are. I don't know what we was need. I don't know what we was need to do to to find refine that form of last season. It's virtually the same team, virtually minus Raul, obviously. Uh, what what are your thoughts, Jake? But how how do Wolves turn this around? They need a goal scorer to replace um, Jota because they didn't really replace him when he got so. I mean, they got Fabio Silva in, but I mean, he's very very young, very inexperienced, and playing You've been an outside Jimenez. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who have they got really? Uh, Jimenez obviously is out. Big injury in this. In, I thought in to be honest, I thought in January they they definitely have delved into the market for a striker because that's what they've been lacking all season is someone to put mm-hmm. the ball in the back of the net. Uh, and we saw it again at the weekend. They didn't really create that much. And when they did, I mean, Silver. To be fair to him, to Bravka pulled off a brilliant save. In, I think it was that added time. Yeah, um, yeah, but, that was yeah, huge. But you know, he's, he, if it's, if that's Jimenez, you think it's probably going to bag that. Um, Jota probably going to score it. So. Whether it's a confidence thing or just you know inexperience, but they do need a they need a goal scorer. They definitely need a goal scorer for me in the summer. And I if I can probably to be honest see like Ruben Neves moving on as well because he can't be happy sitting around at twelfth place. What Wolves. talent! Very good. Exactly. Very good I mean, he's an unbelievable yeah. player. Yeah. Could quite easily play in any of the top four teams. Top yeah, six. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, if I was if I was a Jose Mourinho, I would be I would be thinking, you know, Hoiberg, Deves, and then Dombele in that midfield, and that would be yeah. that would be excellent for me if I was Jose. Uh, but I think Wolves would they would demand the money given given Ruben Neves' young age and his potential and his experience, he's already already yeah. accumulated at this young age. I think Wolves would be demanding the bag for it. So you're probably looking at more of a Man City, Man United. Yeah, it'd be, level it'd be quite a big, quite a big transfer if that one went through because obviously how good he is. 
like you say, his age, just the, the market in general these days. Um, I think Jake's hit the nail on the head um, in summing up Wolves' season with the words, Jimenez would have bagged that. Um, like, pretty much every chance that falls to Fabio Silva, you know, Raul Jimenez would have scored that. <laughs> like, it's just, that's just yeah. the way it's been. And it's really unfortunate, obviously, what happened to him. Um, it's good to see him back in training now, light training, I think. But yeah. um, for Wolves, I think the end of the season can't come quick enough. Like, just, they need they need to get it out of the way, get the summer, you know, get in pre-season and build mm-hmm. start again next year. Because, like, this is just, the season's a write-off. They're not going to go down. Yeah. They're not going to finish in the top half. They're going to be solid in mid-table. Like, it's it's just, that's it. Get it over with. They are making the right moves for me to establish themselves as a Premier League side. Um, mainly not they're not losing many of yeah. their important players. Obviously, Jota they couldn't keep a hold of. Um, they weren't. Jota <clears> wasn't. <throat> it wasn't blinding for Wolves. No. Um, it was definitely. It was definitely like uh, uh, not the main man at the time. Uh, for me, I don't think any of the blame can be laid at Fabio Silva's feet. No, 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 None of that can be laid at Fabio Silva's feet. Just because he has a young, he's a young he's a prospect. They spent big money on him. Yes. Not with the intention yeah, for him to yeah. come straight into the first eleven. Uh, I think the idea was for for Fabio Silva to come on mainly uh, 30, 40 minutes to go, sometimes twenty, and then start the odd game as well. You know, Newcastle at home. Yeah, hundred percent agree about that. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. Well, I, like you say, he definitely wasn't um, intended to to get this much football, um, and it's it's not yeah, you know, it's not his fault at all. Um, firmly believe that, but but like you say, and, and he just doesn't have the experience to be able to capitalise on the chances that he's getting at the minute. And that's that's where they've fallen short, I think, for me. I think he needs to uh, get on a Dharma Traore's weight programme as well, <laughs> to be honest. Like. Well, just Will's running around with just loads of hench blokes. <laughs> <laughs> but quickly, quickly before we move on, I just want to talk about Newcastle. I think, to be honest, I think they're in absolute jeopardy. I think they're in real serious, serious bother. Yeah. They're, a, you know, if Fulham... Well, Fulham you know, with two points behind them. Um, that's and now the, obviously oh. Callum Wilson's out, Almiron's out now, and so's uh, Alan Sam Maximan. <sighs> it was excellent in this game. Um, yeah. I'm looking at that now, and I'm thinking Joel Linton is the only man who can potentially. <laughs> what are they going to do? They're get you a goal. Joel Linton's going to keep Newcastle up now. Now that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Joel Linton's going to score the goal that keeps him in the division. They've got Andy Carroll, to be fair. They've got Andy Carroll. Yeah, it's going to be... Wheat a bit of legs. Dwight Gale, Andy Carroll up front, uh, Ryan Fraser on the wing, and try to think who else could, they can bang on that. But, I mean, not that Newcastle sort bang people on the wing. Uh, that's a championship. Honestly, mate. You, the names you've just named there, though, that's just championship written all over it. Honestly, it's like <laughs> Fulham have improved so much and closed, closed yeah. the gap. Where Newcastle have just Newcastle have just capitulated, haven't they? Like, yeah, they've they've played better recently. Like, but now these injuries have have gone there, you know, gone against them as well. It's like I'm back in Fulham to survive at this point over Newcastle. I don't think that I don't think West Brom and Sheffield United have any hope. Um, Sheffield United definitely not. West Brom, the gap's (laughs) just too big. I think with the way they're playing. Although if they get a few more slices of look like they had against Brighton, then you never know. But yeah, at this moment in time, I think Newcastle are a real, real danger. I'd agree with you, Jake. Fulham and West Brom will be absolutely seething with Nuno that he couldn't put Newcastle at the sword today because it would have <laughs> made um, their jobs a lot easier. Uh, we next go to Crystal Palace, Fulham. Fulham played absolutely exceptional in this game. Uh, limited the mighty Crystal Palace to just three yeah. shots. Uh, I don't know how they did not manage to get it. I'm watching the highlights. The highlights are very <laughs> favourable on um, Fulham's point. And you just think, 
put the yeah. ball in the net, put the ball in the net. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're really not going to get anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's one of them, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it was almost my circus of emotions when I was watching I was, that. Exactly the same as you, mate. I only watched the highlights because I watched the other game at the same time that day, Leicester Arsenal. Uh, but every highlight was a Fulham highlight. And uh, every highlight seemed to involve, was it Anderson, his name? It was like, every chance was dropping to him in the box. Yeah. It was like, what did they have to do to score in that game? No, they, I think they did everything they could. Um, obviously, what's his name? Guy Eater's quite a good, uh, good, quite a good keeper. Made a yeah, good he's saves, quite a good keeper. He made yeah. a few decent saves. Um, that was all Palace really had going for them, from from what I've seen. And um, it's as as good, as good as Fulham were, though. It still doesn't surprise me that they've drawn because that's just what they do. <laughs> that was that it's was better on losing exactly. Yeah, better on losing it is. That's what I was going to say, dot- Jed. Uh, yeah. If any game had nil-nil written all over it, it was Crystal Palace. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like you say, Simo, you know, it's better than losing. The confidence doesn't drop as much with the draw. A point, still a point. They've clawed in that gap to Newcastle and that every single time they're doing that. And yeah, I think, to be honest, if they keep playing the way they're playing, they're going to be safe. But their next three games on paper are disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Tottenham, Liverpool, Man City. I mean, the thing is, the thing is though, they're playing well, so it's not like they're they're scraping yeah. these draws. They are playing well, um, yeah. and they're deserving a draw at least from these games. Um, yeah, I so, completely agree like, with you there, Jed. Because look, this is the first time for me that Fulham have properly dominated a team mm. for ninety minutes, mm. the entirety of a game. So important Definitely. for them. Uh, they even managed. To you know, nip, nip, they, they've got to look at this and think Crystal Palace are above us, but we, we're a better side than them now. We're a yeah. more complete side than them now. Uh, and and you must believe. You're in that dressing room. You must believe. You must believe that you, you can get you can catch Newcastle. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. I'm I'm dead certain that Scott Parker's going. Look at them. Look, look how bad they are. Look how look how well we've done recently. Keep it up. Like we are going to pull this off. No, there there can't be any other mindset. Like at Fulham at the minute, and I think now that he's brought in Josh Madger as well, like he's got the potential to to get the goals they need if the chances drop to him. Um, he looks confident, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, really like I say they 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 deserve to to get things out of games when they're playing this well. Um, it's a mm. shame it's taken them so long to sort of grow into the season, really, isn't it? But like you know, credit yeah. to them because you know a lot of people have written them off at the beginning of the year. I didn't think they'd have enough to stay up personally. Um, I'm happy to have been. Proven wrong. I think I'm, I'm firmly in the other camp now. I think Fulham are playing really well. Um, it, it's definitely going to be interesting to see what happens because you never know. Steve Bruce might pull out a masterclass and, and keep Newcastle up. He might get the best out of Joe Linton and go on a scoring spree. <laughs> I am skeptical. Uh... <laughs> uh... Uh, we next go to a game that I watched in an airport. Uh, <laughs> Leicester Arsenal. Leicester started ever so well, yeah, uh, yeah. and then Arsenal really, really came into the game. Seems Arsenal one of the teams that can't seem to find the gear unless they go mm. down, uh, and then they find that next gear, and, and then you know, and, and for me, just blew away Leicester. Really, really, their passing, their, their one touch passing is is great. Some might say Man City esque, and in, in certain departments, ever well for various. <laughs> very specific departments <laughs> <laughs> definitely not over the 90 minutes but we've seen good things from Pepe and Willie in this game which we don't normally see too too often what were your thoughts Jake? I thought in the first like 10 minutes I thought oh it's going to be a long day for Arsenal especially when Tielemans you know he took a really good goal but Arsenal's defending yeah, was dying wasn't it, on that goal oh it was so bad and when that went in I was like wow this is going to be a thumping 
no, it's going to be bad. It's a bold move to play David Luiz in a back two, isn't it? <laughs> um, but, you know, after, to be honest, after, like you say, Simo, they went goal behind. Uh, and as I was watching this one, um, they grew, grew into the game so much. And I thought Nicolas Pepe had probably one of his best performances in the National show. He was really good, looked really dangerous uh, up and down the flank. <laughs> Uh, Tierney played really well as well. I mean, to be a fair, Arsenal caused Leicester problems. Losing Harvey Barnes early in the second half, I mean, that's a massive mm. blow for any sides. And Leicester are getting a lot of injury concerns at the minute. And losing him and, and James up. Madison isn't great. <laughs> um, especially towards this latter end of the season where you need all your key players fit. It's, you know, Leicester could potentially be in for a bit of a struggle, but they've still got the quality in there to make the difference. But they were just out. pointed out. It's pointed out in match of the day that Leicester had the same points tally at this point last season, and we all thought they were going to challenge for that top mm. four. And it seems a similar picture to me picking up injuries, form dropping off. Yeah, last last season was a, um, a, a different case, though, wasn't it? With the the <clears throat> football stopping at this time of year and then coming back, you know, and did. Um, but it it's vague. It's weirdly similar, isn't it? To be fair, like you say, similar. Um, yeah. Eerily similar, I think. Yeah, it really. is. It is. But <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, we all, we all, you know, we all know they've still got the quality to be able to to go on and finish in the top four, though. Um, that's that's a given. Um, and on their mm. day, you know, they can beat anyone. Obviously, they they do rely on the likes of Barnes and, and Madison to some extent, but you've still got Jamie Vardy in the team, and you know, he he'll get goals when he gets chances. And I thought that Arsenal outclassed them though for the majority of the game after the like I say after the goal went in. They they woke up and they they were the better team in the first half overall and then the second half Leicester just never really got in it. Um, Pepe, no. like I said, had a really really good game. Yeah, it's, it's not like him, mm. um, but <laughs> he, he he played really well. I think he's actually he, he has improved of late. Um, I don't know whether that's been because he got dropped and you know people like Saka have done so well. Potentially that's given him a kick up the ass. Um, but yeah, he, he played really well and and. Arsenal deserved the three points. I, I did want to talk about the penalty that Leicester gave away, though, um, with Ndidi. Mm. Like, it was just a silly humble. I, I don't understand why he's got his arms up by his face. Why his arms like, are so yeah, high? Yeah, it was just, it was yeah. daft. And it, like, if you want to finish in the top four this year... He's trying like, to get his leg as high yeah, as his it's, arms. It's, so, know, it's, it's so bizarre. <laughs> like, so if you want to finish in the top four uh, this year, don't do that. <laughs> I can't put it, yeah. I can't put it any <laughs> other way. Like, don't, don't put your hands up. And and yeah, in, and the, in the box, box. up yeah. in an unnatural position. But what could you possibly need to do with them up there? Like, good save. I think it's though. fair to say that in the <laughs> penalty box, your your arms should not be above your head. Just no. don't yeah, put your arms like, above your head. There's no YMCA in the penalty box. You know, <laughs> do it in ordinary pitch by all means. Uh, and do you know what? Like, indeed, if you have to put your leg up that high, like his by the. By the time his leg is at full stretch, his boot is higher than his head. If you have to put your boot up that high, chances are the ball's going over. Not even over. that, like, it wasn't... <laughs> or it it's wasn't, a screamer, and you're not stopping it. It head height. Like, if he did... No. Oh, he was, like, he was, like, going back at himself and, like, fucking it's flinging just, a boot Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. It's like... Shot. If, it's a weird if I was Brendan Rodgers, I'd be absolutely fuming with him. I'd be like... Like, Arsenal had played their way back into the game at that point, and they had had a, a penalty mm. decision not go their way it was given as a free kick like on the edge of the box which is really like tight call and it's like and that was Pepe as well running through and it's like they're they're putting us under a lot of pressure you just don't want to do anything silly before half time get into half time with one nil up and oh it might have been one all at that point actually um but you know they were still in the game I think Leicester at that point and after that like that that's a massive turning point for Arsenal to have turned it round going half time leading so like 
I'd be fuming if I was Brendan Rodgers because it's such a stupid yeah, thing. It's like yeah. so avoidable, right? It was like 42, 45 plus three or something that he gave the yeah. penalty. Yeah, yeah. so they, they tailed out to 39 minutes. David Louise was his yeah. great header. Utilising David Louise on set pieces. I'm absolutely that for that. Obviously, David, once upon a time, people have, no, there's a bit of recency by this. And David Louise has always been a terrible player. He was fucking blinding <laughs> on his guy, day yeah. um, on set pieces and on free kicks. And uh, yeah, utilising David Louise in a, a set piece is obviously very, very clever. Uh, and then, but they did that hold out for 39 minutes? And I'm sure Brendan Rodgers would be absolutely seething at this because he, he's probably got his notes ready at half time yeah. for either to hold out for the draw or try and get back into the game. And then next thing you know, instead of one each, you know, you're two one down, you give yeah. yourself a bit of a mountain to climb. And then in the second half, Arsenal start well, and then you can just kind of tell the tone is set. Yeah. You know, the tone is set that it's not going to be Leicester's day. And lo and behold, um, Nicholas Pepe goes on and, and seals the deal at 52 minutes. Um, Arsenal, if they could play that. Well, they, they came into the game, what, about 10, 15 minutes in? If they could play that 75 minutes every game, they'd be top four. They'd beat a lot of sides with that, yeah. They would, yeah. They would beat a lot, I'd say. Some of the way, some of the ways they move the ball uh, is, is absolutely terrific. I thought William was, you know, for the first, well, maybe maybe since the opening of the season, first time he's played a, a really, yeah. really, really class performance for me. You've seen bits that you'd normally see at Chelsea on his day, um, which is positive for Arsenal because they are paying William a lot of money oh, yeah. for a couple of years now. Um, he's not getting any younger either, is he? He's not. He's not. Uh, they need to find a way to utilise him. And, and using using him in a game against Leicester, who are, are a good side, is uh, and getting something out of him is, is positive signs for Arsenal fans, in my opinion. Uh, utilising David Louise, who didn't look terrible for me in a back two uh, for the first time in a long, long time for me, uh, is... is <laughs> It is good news as well, but I hope it's not a false dawn for them because um, we've seen this from Arsenal before. You know, a great a great match followed by you know terrible, <laughs> terrible performances. Uh, we go next to Spurs four um, 0 against Burnley. The Gareth Bale show. <laughs> Gareth Bale for me was full of swagger. That first one, Gareth Spark, isn't <laughs> he? He knows, he knows it's in before it even <laughs> leaves his bit. Yeah, I, do you know what, mate? I was watching. I watched this game, and I'd, I'd just made a cup of tea, and I settled down, and then I, I sort of turned away, and he was like, "Oh, Bale scored!" And I was like, "All right." <laughs> so this is going to be the tone of this game, is it? I, <laughs> and then I think he's playing. Uh, he's he played like a man who's just heard that golf courses are opening up again soon. <laughs> yeah, that left. Um, yeah, uh, that, like it was. It was the Bale show, really, wasn't it? I thought Son, Kane, and Bale—they all played Son really was well. Good. Um, yeah, so it's good. Yeah, and like, uh, Burnley just never recovered after the first goal went in. Really, like they nah. just couldn't get in the game. It was a bad day for, for Sean Dyche, fan of the pod. Yeah, big fan of the pod, Sean Dyche. Sorry, uh, Sean. <laughs> we still love you, How mate. You doing, Sean? <laughs> uh, I thought I thought Spurs were, were absolutely terrific. I mean, they looked so dangerous at every moment. Harry Kane scored a very very Harry Kane goal as yeah. well. Just absolutely. Just it just hits it in a way that I like. If you'd blacked out the player, I would have been like, "Yeah, that's Harry Kane." That who's <laughs> <laughs> hit it's that, in that shot. left channel uh, and it opened uh, the body up and yeah, yeah, just left channel. You know, it's it's, it's absolutely superb. Lucas Moura as well um, got on the score sheet. Uh, Gareth Bale, you know, gets an assist as well, and <clears throat> he's getting fitter and he's looked great in the Europa and more than one and, and more than one yeah. uh, match this season. So he's, I think Josie's going to start trusting him soon after a match like that. Surely. You, 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 you make a, you make a manager's mind up yeah, for definitely. him, you know. Gareth Bale is still a world class player. You know so, what I mean? He's still a world class talent, and 
he proved that again at the weekend. I know it was only Burnley, but it's it's those it's the positions he's getting into. It's the way he's moving the ball. He's, he look he looks hungry again, and uh, I think it's only good signs for Tottenham. And if he plays like this to the rest of the season, then we could potentially see them fly up that pitch because he's a you know they've got three four potential game winning players in that side now Bale Kane, uh, Kane Son Mora I mean that's a dangerous Deli front four Deli Ali if he yeah. wants to play and Dombele you know that's dangerous for any side um, Roy Keane was heavily critical of Deli Ali Roy Keane's yeah, critical of everybody the, um, yeah the, the, in- yeah, the old argument yeah, yeah. and then he's like oh the the, the full back line's terrible and then JB Redknapp Jamie Redknapp wanted to go didn't he oh, Red, red, yeah, Jamie Redknapp red, red was like, oh, Redknapp's a good player. And then Roy responded. <laughs> 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 to be Redknapp's fair, though. Redknapp's a good player. And Roy went, oh, what about Aldevino? <laughs> and then <laughs> went, what about Redknapp? And he went, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I can see where Roy's coming from with, like, the only one I saw when he was about uh, Regalon and he was like, you know, and Jamie Redknapp was like, oh yeah, but he was at Real Madrid and he was like, yeah, but Real Madrid got rid of him for a reason. They got rid of Bale for a reason. And I was like, I can, that's a fair point, but they've both played really well at Tottenham, so. Yeah, yeah you, can't say, you like, can't say Regalon's not a good player. Like, he, he's, a, he's, yeah. he's a good player. Yeah. He was key in that Man City yeah. win. Key in that Man City win. He ran so, so well. Mm. Uh, I, I, I think, yeah, it's ludicrous to say that Regalon's not a good player. You know, just because you're all of a sudden not playing for Real Madrid does not mean you're a bad no, footballer. Exactly. No, <laughs> you know, definitely not. If you found yourself at Real Madrid at some point in your career, it generally means you can play football to some extent. Uh, yeah, I think well, he was just, he was in a grump. He's for some always reason. in a grump, baby. No idea why. Maybe someone He's always left him a bad he, Do you know what? The, yeah. the thing I sometimes find with Roy Keane is that he like doesn't, I feel like he just says things now to be controversial. He's like Piers Morgan. He just says things because he knows people are going to be like, oh, that's, that's bullshit. Like, I genuinely, yeah. I don't think he believes half the things he says I genuinely mm. I, I can't see him believing it because see, some of his opinions Chris Sutton, but Chris Sutton goes so far out there yeah, you like, know that he's bullshit you, 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 there's no <laughs> doubt in your mind that Chris, he does not believe that yeah. if he does then he needs to be committed to some sort of <laughs> you know what I mean yeah like he'd Chris Sutton's like, the type that'll like, turn around and say oh Harry Kane shouldn't play for England and you're like really? <laughs> exactly like, wh- why and he's like oh you know he's, he's not mobile enough it's like really like get a grip <laughs> Now the game, he's going to start for any nation. <laughs> uh, I thought, yeah, Spurs terrific. Uh, I know we've not spoke too much about Burnley. Um, There's not much to say about them, really, is there? Yeah, they, were, yeah they were. They were bad. They yeah. weren't that at all. Um, Sean Dyche was. Was it the post match that he said he'd let Nick oh. Pope go for like if they got the pubs open or something? Uh, you know, just he's just Sean Dyche is just written off post match yeah. press conferences. He's like, having a laugh with it he's now. Just ain't like, he? what are they going to do? Fucking sack me? Yeah. They're going to sack me? I'm fucking Sean Dyche. Sean Dyche is a is a Burnley legend. <laughs> I'm just going to come yeah. and manage Burnley. Keep he's a Burnley legend. League. He's That's never going to lose that job. I'll let, no. him, I'll let him go for a pint lager and a packet of crisps yeah. at this point. <laughs> I'm really, I'm, he, I'm really surprised like, he didn't say poor scratchings. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What type of... Like, um, Sean, could you just be serious for a second? What type of like, crisp do you think Sean Dice eats? <laughs> McCoy's. I think it's I think Sean Dice's diet is exclusively poor scratchings. And that's why I think if he asked him, he goes for McCoy's, <laughs> you know, but like salt and vinegar McCoy's. Yeah. I actually, yeah. I put him down as like a flaming steak. Yeah. Like, oh, you know what? I can see him going, I'm partial to a monster bunch, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I can that's probably going to come up in his next interview. <laughs> yeah. Why did we pay that impressionist? I mean, I mean, why did we get Sean Dice to do that, <laughs> do that intro when we get such a good... 
questions. What do you reckon he drinks? If he's down the pub, what, what's he having a pint Stout. of? Stout. A big glass of razor blades. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he drinks, I think he's a Stella man. Yeah. He oh, drinks I a Stella. Think, I, think he has a, I think he has a pint of Carlin, but a Guinness every now and then. Oh. Yeah. Like mix it yeah. up with a Guinness. I don't what think kind he's. Of I, think that, he's I don't think he's common enough for a Guinness. Um, a Carlin. I don't think he really? drinks Carlin. It's I don't think he's too weak for him. Too mind. weak for him. <laughs> Drinking Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> I love to see Sean uh, Dice with like a fancy gin or something. Just oh no, no, what, a glass of red wine or something. No, no, it's all that's all kinds Ooh. of wrong. <laughs> Lager. <laughs> yeah. A can of super outside the shop. Um, in the summer. Red stripe. <laughs> Why are we slating Sean Knight? He's no, not slating him. He's our, he's our god. He's our god. We just want to go just, for a pint we're just with speculating Sean what to buy him when we finally do get to meet him. Yeah. When we get him on the podcast. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. we're going to give him a gift, a crate of something. Yeah. We're just reflecting all our insecurities on him. You know, just because. Because we are stood out the shop with a can of super. <laughs> <and just this. laughs> right, we go next to Chelsea Man United. <laughs> it was no no. Uh, moving on. Oh, hang to... on. No, there's one talking point from this game. It was really oh, boring. Then, there's one, there's must, one talking point. Um, handball in the box. Oh, yeah. That. That's yeah. the only talking point. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it was handball. Oh, that, see. Yeah. Social seems to think it's fair, don't we? Like, I think they've justified it by saying that it came off Greenwood first mm. but I can't work out where it came off Greenwood first it's really weird I, yeah. I think it should have been a penalty to be I thought it was a penalty personally um, but other than that this game was I turned off after 20 minutes I couldn't watch it it was dreadful <laughs> <laughs> it was dreadful it was so I bad. was travelling I was travelling at the time and I, and I was like you were oh, lucky you were the lucky one really good. Yeah, I was listening on the radio a wee bit and then I just turned it off. I mean, oh, come on. I am fucking... Sorry, I should not swear. Um, please, we'll try. <laughs> I, I, we're well aware that the, the explicit tags that we're getting on Spotify... It's because of you. It's only yeah, because mainly of me, you. Really. I am over big six no nils. Yeah, I am no. over big six yeah. no nils. I, you know, I mean, I have lost any hope for any big six uh, fixture uh, at this point. I mean, it's such a dreadful affair. Why, why are we even... Why are we bothering, lads, putting... A billion pound worth of players, on, players, football players on the pitch to see them just move around each other so, so passively, so passively. Have I mean, you noticed how? Do you know what um, Sky Sports? You know how they do like the montages and stuff before the game of all like the highlights from the classic games. Have you noticed yeah. how none of them, yeah, how none of them are from like the last five, six years or so? Like it probably longer. Yeah. Like that. That's your answer, isn't it? It's like it's not, yeah. not exciting games it's anymore. So bad. Yeah. What do you think is mean, lacking right. from these games now? No, everybody's yeah. afraid. Everybody's afraid to commit bodies yeah. forward. No one wants to go for it, right. Chelsea were the better side. Chelsea, Chelsea were the better side. Right, okay, in this match. In a way that the stats say that. The stats say Chelsea were better. Man United are counter-sanking side. Still, probably, to this day, are still a counter-sanking side under Oli. So, like, picking up plays into their hands. And it's just, it just reeks of, it's a stench of fear uh, and do you know what I mean? At a certain point, we need to remember that football is an entertainment. Yeah. It is entertainment, you know, and you know, put a billion pound worth of players in a pitch and, you, and, and they just move around each other. Just, ugh. I mean, ugh, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it seems worse than it is because we have high expectations of top, fix, uh, top six clashes 
Um, I'm not sure. That might be my bias and an individual bias. I'm very aware. I don't know if that's. I don't know. I think there's. I think there's something in like... that though. I mean, like, but, but the reason the, the reason is, why like, you have it... that is because the top six, you know, the top six, are the top six, they're there. You know, you expect a good game when they're playing so well against everyone else. So. If you look at sort of from 2000 to probably about 2015, I mean, they were the games to watch for the reason of you're going to get two sides that it's two heavyweights, isn't it? Like boxing. You were going to stand there and just give each other blows the entire game. You know, you just think back like Patrick Vieira, Roy Keane, just scrapping in the middle of the pitch. Uh, You know, Henri dancing through the entire United defence and scoring. And you just think, oh, this is what it's made for. And now, like you say, Simon, we've got 22 players on the pitch just passing it back and forwards and you're like really you're supposedly like these super athletes now and you can't even be asked by the looks of it <laughs> <laughs> i don't think it's the kind of be asked it's i think the message is don't lose don't lose yeah, the games but but i feel like in these games either, if, it's, it's weird isn't it Especially if, if, United. A, if a team in these games goes and attacks then it's the you're automatically at an advantage do you know what i mean because the other side aren't going to attack them because they know oh, we, we can't lose and it's like well we need to win so we're going to go for it hmm Definitely, but there's something to play for. I mean, you know, it's, it, it, it's, I think without fans to physically sort of like push them up the pitch at these big fixtures, maybe yeah. that's in it. But you know, I'm, I'm not having it as an excuse. You know, it's it seems it seems just too coincidental that every big well every big six sort of fixture this season just seems to be an, a total underwhelming mm. affair. The last one I properly enjoyed was probably Man City Tottenham. Mm. Uh, when Tottenham were, there was a story to it you know Tottenham were backs against the walls and Man City were just piling forward and Tottenham were just Josie Mourinho <laughs> that was even though like Tottenham clearly didn't have anywhere near the quality of players that Man City had it was, it was an interesting story and an interesting sort of tactical sort of approach by, by Josie Mourinho that that was the only way he could, he could get something for the match and uh, outside that I don't think I've really properly enjoyed any top six fixture this season Maybe when, there's a reason why they're always on uh, Sunday afternoons isn't it it's because you, you know, you've had your Sunday dinner and you need something to fall asleep to yeah. <laughs> they don't keep you up anymore these games no. unfortunately yeah. no they're not worth watching anymore I don't I Try and, uh, you know, like this one, I said, you know, I watched 20 minutes of it and I was like, nil nil, yeah. turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold, you went wrong. I, yeah, <laughs> you, I, you went wrong. I, just I turned it on in the 89th minute and they were like, oh, it's you know, it's been a tactical battle. It's like, that's code for this has been shit. Sorry, swearing, yeah. but this has been shit. We have nothing yeah. to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> look at this handball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, Moving swiftly on for a bit of good news for us. I was again traveling during this match, so I didn't actually see it, I only seen the highlights. I was dreading this match. I messaged you, Jake, and I said, <laughs> yeah. oh, I am dreading this match because I've been on this podcast shitting on Sheffield United for about <laughs> six months. And I was like, please, please don't fucking beat Liverpool, oh, imagine. man. Oh, my imagine. <laughs> oh, my God. You wouldn't oh, have seen no, me I was say, we wouldn't be sat here speaking now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it would be Jake sat when I am hosting this podcast. Um, Jake, what were your thoughts on this match? You actually did watch this live. I did. Uh, like you, mate, to be honest, I was sort of dreading it. I was like, oh. Like, what sort of world are we living of... in? <laughs> Liverpool dreading Sheffield well, in a way. <laughs> the, thing is, well, the thing is, mate, it's, it's been the story of the season where you think, oh, we're going to get three points out of this. And, you know, Brighton, West Brom, Newcastle, all these teams, and it's, you know, lost draw, lost draw. And you're thinking, Mm. oh, no. And then it's, you know, the side that you just think, if they lose to these, this is a disaster. (laughs) Um, But, and to be honest, for the first half, I mean, Aaron Ramsdale turned into Buffon. 
He actually did. He did. Uh, yeah, he did. It really, really, really bugged me because he's been dreadful all season and he couldn't catch a cold. And, you know, he's, he's, some of the saves that he pulled out, I was, I was messaging my dad during the game and, and he was saying, you know, he's conceding like nine goals in a normal game in this. And, but against us, like, like, Keepers just sort of turn up and pull out worldy performances. And I thought, this is just going to be one of those games where, like, Ollie McBurney, who's not scored all season, bags a header <laughs> um, and wins it in the 89th minute. But I want to say Curtis Jones was unbelievable again. And oh, he was excellent. He's such a talent and he's so confident. And, and that his finish was wonderful. Trent's desire to get that ball in was inc- incredible. Uh, really good finish. But yeah, Curtis Jones to me, standout player of Liverpool's season. He's come in, he's matured massively and he's starting to dictate games and grab a hold of games and, and turn things around. But I also want to credit Nat Phillips again. I feel like Nat Phillips is not, like getting, the back. Is not getting enough credit for his for how he's playing. He's the senior centre-back. Uh, he's played less than 50 games in his top flight career. He's only 23 um, but he, he, you know, he looked good again. He won every header, uh, marshaled the defence really well and you know, for someone who's, I've you know, a lot of people saying, you know, he's he's a bit of a throwback centre back. He'll just lump every ball forward and head everything. But to be honest, Liverpool need that at the minute. They need someone who will just win every single ball and just get rid of it because, you know, that's what's been letting Liverpool down. And and I think Nat Phillips will be hard done by if he sort of drops in the next couple of games because he deserves did, we, to keep his place in this team. We spoke about this um, offline. I really wish we did save that conversation. Uh, for the podcast because we spoke about um, Nat Phillips quite a lot and yeah the feel was that um, I'd never seen Nat Phillips come in and, and put in a bad performance no. and, and I was thinking and we were playing midfielders in, in his position and granted Jordan Henderson did a terrific job at well not a terrific job he did a job at centre back right and we missed Jordan Henderson in the midfield dictating the direction in which we were going to move the play mm. and uh, Nat Phillips for me yeah he's, he is a centre back that, that, the important thing for me is he's a centre back he's 23 like you said Jake he is he's more senior than Reese Williams he's he's even more senior than um, Kabak yeah Kabak and you know I want to see Nat Phillips on the pitch um, because we look a better size when he's there yeah we just do. I don't know why. Right, granted, right, he's not cute with his feet. But man, when Jordan Henderson went off injured and and that Phillips came on, uh, we hadn't won a ball. We hadn't won. We hadn't won an aerial duel until that happened. And you know, I like I like that we can see because normally we just used to Virgil Van Dijk running and just winning everything, just eating everything up. He could be like fifty <laughs> meters from an aerial ball, then eat it up. You know, it's like, but we we don't have that. And I, I just it's it's nice to see a centre back on the pitch. Dictate just putting, just winning a battle, you know, and then putting us back on the front foot. Yeah, something we've lacked uh, for a wee while. It's been far too easy um, to break in. Do you think he's? Top of the pitch. Do you think he's going to um, potentially hold down a position in the squad? You know, when, when everyone's back to fitness. No. Um, do you no. see him still getting a game for Liverpool, or just coming in doing his bit no. now and then going? No, I don't. I don't. I don't see him as a Jurgen Klopp mm. player. There's a reason why uh, Jurgen is favoured midfielders over him. Jurgen Klopp. Does like players that can does like centre backs specifically that can play with the ball at their feet. Joe Matip very good with the ball at their feet. Virgil Van Dijk very very good pass of the ball. Joe mm. Gomez, you know, I dare you to find me, you know, a, a centre back that's that's a good deal better at passing the ball than, than Joe Gomez or, or as athletic as Joe Gomez mm. when he when he is fit. Um, these are the kind of centre backs that, that um, 
Klopp likes, where he snapped Phillips is, like Jay said, I will echo his points about a throwback centre-back. He's big and tall and strong, uh, and bull- he's got to stand up and, and bully whoever's near him. And, you know, and for me, that's okay. I don't need... We, we have so many players that are cute with the ball at their feet. Yeah. We probably don't need that. Phillips that's to be that's, that's the thing, mate. Feet. That's the thing. That Phillips doesn't need to be cute with the ball with his feet. He wins the ball back. He gives it to Thiago and he just says, right, you do it now. And and I, I like that. You know, it's so, it's football at its simplest form when I see Nat Phillips play. It it reminds me of just simple football. Just get the ball, give it to someone else who's better than you are. And, you know, that's not a bad thing, but Nat Phillips has come in. And he's he's worked hard. He's not like he's left every ounce of like sweat on the pitch, and he's given it his all. And for someone that was you know on loan last season in the Bundesliga two, and looked like he was on on going to be on loan again to come in and just like you know, knowing that he's not ever going to be a first choice centre back for Liverpool, to come in hundred percent commitment. I mean, it's a credit to him. I mean, what a talent, uh, what a pl- what a player to have on, in your squad. Um, you know, that's for me is that's desire. That's that's what Liverpool is all about is getting a chance and sticking to it. And he's and he's he's done that. And you know, he can say that he's he's put, played for Liverpool and he's put in a really good shift. And he's not put a foot wrong once since he's come into. That I would side. say I would say enjoy him really, Kendrick, because <laughs> I don't envision a long term career at no. Liverpool for that. No, box. neither do Although I. I do. I do envision now if he could keep a, a space in the squad, which I think he should do. Um, I really do think he should, he, and he's deserving that, and his performances, and I don't think he should be dropped in, unless performances dip. That he, it should be, it wasn't a good move to, to a solid club that, that he should be the starting centre back in. Um, I can 100% see that and envision that in his future. And, you know, uh, when he does leave us, for him doing that job, for us, I think we'll, um, many Liverpool fans will be, be very grateful for what he's done. Maybe he's um, destined for a we move more season to... just playing in FA Cup matches and then potentially. Uh... Games like, yeah. you know, <laughs> Fulham away. I think I think you want more. I think I think you want more personally. I do. Maybe we send him out on loan and we just kind of leave him out there until uh, you know it's firefighter time. Then we get he gets a quick. He's the big Sam of centre <laughs> To be fair, he uh, he had to do that um, the season before in the FA Cup. Yep. With when we, he was rec- he was recalled, played, and then set back out on loan. <laughs> he literally, yeah, he, he landed. Played the game and then went straight back to Stuttgart on loan again. It was brilliant. <laughs> and do you know what? It was it was like after the game as well. He was like, "No, I'm made up. I've played for Liverpool, so I'm happy now." And then he flew back to Germany. <laughs> it's good. You know, he's living. He's living uh, every Liverpool fan's dream. So I mean, yeah, of course he has. Of course he has. Uh, we next go to our final match of the podcast. Uh, we'll wrap this one up fairly quickly, boys, because we are running low in time. Everton managed to get the three points against Southampton. Uh, what were your thoughts? Great finish from Richarlison. Yeah. It's all about the pass from Sigurdsson. I think that goal, though. Oh, yeah. Great pass. Um, I I think Southampton are in an absolute rut. Uh, They're like Wolves. You know, one... I think since they've beat Liverpool, they've lost eight out of nine or something ridiculous like that. Uh, And that is an absolute relegation form. They're not going to get relegated, but, you know, they are only seven points clear with the relegation zone, which seems quite a lot, but this crazy season, anything can happen. (laughs) So they could very well be sucked into that, but I, I can't personally see it. But you know, Ancelotti doing wonders again at Everton, another win. Wins the match, he probably didn't deserve to, mm. in my opinion. Uh, Southampton, but you know, they were they were good value for money in this. Uh, Everton grinding out the results as you do, as as top class managers going to get a, a side to do. Um, yeah, I think 
oh, like you said, look, Richarlison's goal. He's, that little touch went outside of the right and then just passed the keeper, left him for dead, and it just tucks that way out. And do you know what? It's, Richarlison, every time he scores, still looks angry at whatever's happened to him. <laughs> Do you mean uh, Richard Lyson? Did you Richard see that? Lyson. No, I was, I was saying Richard Larson, <laughs> son of Henrik Larson. <laughs> oh, my, my bad, my bad. <laughs> Richard Larson. <laughs> Straight oh. off the head, that lad. You can keep that one. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it was it was an okay fixture. I did watch the full 90 minutes. Um yeah, uh, yeah, it went very much away. I didn't see um, Southampton getting the win here. I thought they could maybe squeeze mm. a point. Obviously, Ancelotti had different ideas. Yeah. He set up the side very, very well. Um, he's been very clever about how he's using um, his side, um, slipping in, you know, um, Mason Holgate and Ben Godfrey and just using them, you know, across the back four, mm. wherever, it, wherever it seems necessary. Ben Godfrey, I think, has played in every, I think he's played every position in the back I four. So, yeah. He's played right back, set, left to centre back, right to centre back and left back as well. So, you know, good for him just making himself undroppable. Uh, and I do hope he, he can nail down a place because he does look a great, great talent, Ben Godfrey. Um, and again, that midfield of, you know, you know, Alan Sigurdsson, Dakuri, Gomez, you know, finding a way. I don't mind them in this four, uh, the four four two shape. Mm. I do think they play their best football when they've got the strongest side and they can play that four three three. I think, yeah, I think we can all yeah. agree on that. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, my my only thoughts on this game really are Everton deserved the win. That's about it. Like they they played better. Um, <laughs> I'm not very really surprised. Like we say, Saints' form has been terrible recently. Um, so I don't think even they were expecting to go there and beat Everton. Um, and yeah, the the goal came from a moment of quality. Um, Really did, and, and yeah, fair play. Move on to you know, move on to the next game for both teams, isn't yeah. it? It's like yeah, job done for Everton and for Southampton. It's yeah, okay, we probably weren't going to win, and the, they want it. They probably like Wolves. They want the season to be over. I think. Not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just really yeah, weird how their sort of, their seasons dropped off completely, hasn't it? It's like mm. Everton's doing what good teams do it, not playing well and yeah. picking up points. Yeah. Um, they did seem an all day at the office for them, yeah. very much so. Um, yeah, credit to Ange- Ancelotti, who's been absolutely terrific for them. Uh, but we have to, we do have to finish it there, boys. We are out of time. Uh, thank you very much for joining me, lads. Thank you, mate. Always a pleasure to be yeah, back. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for the listeners. Um, we will be back with uh, our, another Jed's Eleven show probably very soon, uh, and uh, we've got another it's news to Jed as well. <laughs> <laughs> news to Jed, as I tell them. It's all right. I know. Oh, no, oh, no, you were just, it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vaguely <laughs> it's off. Vaguely has an idea what he's doing there, Jed. Um, and yeah, we will we will be ready to bring you our um, new big sponsorship and a nice week code to get yourself some goodies um, very, very soon. Thank you very much. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.